God's good, amen? Yeah. Woo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, deep's calling out. Amen. In other words, uh, how many in the house today want to go deeper, amen? In God, that is. Come on now. Hallelujah. That's really what the song's about, amen? And the uh, prophet of God had a vision, and the flowing from the house of God was a river, and further they went out, the deeper it got. Come on, hallelujah, to the point that they were buoyant, amen, river of God, so to speak, amen, and uh, that's the idea, is to get ourselves out there in the deep, praise God, where you're just letting God be God, amen, floating around out there with God, amen, God's good, amen, all right, praise the Lord, we got uh, some announcements, I think, real quick, too, we got, uh, was it, in a couple weeks here, don't we, we got a program going on, a kids program, that two weeks from where's Mike or somebody? Help! <laughs> I was thinking it's in two weeks. Is that right? And then I think our uh, Christmas dinner is the what? Fifteenth. Is that right? So Sunday the fifteenth. So what's that? Eighteenth is the kids. The fifteenth is the adults. Dinner. All right. Sounds good. Hopefully everybody can make it out to that. Amen. Praise God. Amen. God is good. Well, uh, my time with you on the midweek services, we've been talking about faith uh, this whole year, actually. We've probably, I think before we're done, we'll probably minister about 30 times just talking about faith and, and uh, coming at it from different angles. Today, I'm going to talk about focused faith. Amen. And uh, we're going to start maybe with our key verses, Mark 11 and 22. Uh, just says this, and Jesus answered and said to them, of course, there's a whole situation that happened there with the fig tree and everything. Uh, but uh, they had a question for him, you know, you know, how did all this happen? You know, he says, have faith in God. Well, you think that's kind of a no-brainer statement. And I guess many of you surface read it, it is. But in all honesty, the more we've dove into this, the more we find out, praise God, that that's, uh, that's a pretty valid statement. Amen. And you find out, praise God, once in a while that maybe we're not really walking in faith like we think we are sometimes. Amen. Now, of course, we're not just trying to focus on the negative side of that, but uh, but the idea was is to stir us up and to realize, you know, what it means to really have faith in God. Amen. The word faith is a Greek word, pistis, P-I-S, T-I-S is the Greek word. And uh, it just means confidence in, reliance, dependence, assurance, amen. Uh, to uh, have conviction is one of the also synonyms of that word. Uh, you know, trust, uh, you'll find probably the same word you'll find in the Old Covenant. They use the word trust, amen. And uh, so if you're, uh, you know, if you're going to say you're going to trust in God, amen, how many know that's what you should do, right? And so we've been finding out that, you know, a lot of times we might say we're trusting God, but might not totally be trusting God. And so, you know, it's a fact. Uh, you may say you're relying on God or dependent on God. And then, we, you know, the more you get into it, the more you realize maybe I'm not totally depending on God or not totally relying on God. And so that's kind of why we've been kind of diving into this is really just to stir us up, to give us a little clearer understanding of what it means to have faith in God. Amen. The Amplified Bible just adds the word constantly. Amen. So I think that's, uh, you know, duh, right? Constantly. So it means the good times, the bad times, the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs. Amen. We are constantly supposed to have faith in God. Amen. Because sometimes, in, you know, depending on what's going on, we might find ourselves uh, sliding into another direction and not necessarily relying on God, but maybe relying on our own strength or our own abilities or somebody else's ability for that matter. 
Amen. The uh, message translation then brings it out. It says, Jesus uh, was matter of fact. He said, embrace this God life. And that's kind of why I, I threw this translation in there, uh, because he called it a God life. And how many know that, uh, you know, this life of faith is a God life, right? Really embrace it, and nothing will be too much for you. Praise God. Amen. Let's go to Hebrews 10. Put that verse up there real quick. Another key verse, now the just, that's you and me, shall live, that's how we live, that's our lifestyle, is by what? Faith, amen. If anyone draws back, my soul has, my soul has no pleasure in him. And that just means it, has no, no, it brings no satisfaction to God when you're pulling back. So a lot of times I like to bring out about that, that faith is really about moving forward. You know, if you're going to trust God and believe God, then that means you move forward. Regardless of what's going on, regardless of what you're dealing with, regardless of what you're facing, you move forward. I said you move forward. Amen. We're children of God with the greater one on the inside of us. We should be a people moving forward. Amen. Praise God. Not backing up. We don't draw back, look back, pull back. Praise God. We move forward. But it says the just shall live by faith. Amen. A lifestyle of faith. The just, that's you and me. And once in a while, I try to stop and take a, you know, maybe define that a little bit um, just to make, make it be known that that's talking to you and me as the righteous. The word righteous, righteousness, just, justified, all comes from the same uh, Greek word. And that's who you are. That's not what you're trying to become. I'll try this side. Amen. The just is not what you're trying to become. If you know Jesus, you're already the just. Because you've been made righteous or justified or just based on what Christ did. And that's, that's, you've got to know that because that's part of your identity. But see, if you forget that or don't know that or you're ignorant to that, what happens is uh, you're going on trying to somehow get God to, you know, somehow love you more or re receive you more or, uh, you know, whatever. And the whole time, you know, God has paid a price. He sent his son. Amen. And you're already justified. Amen. Do I hear a big amen? Amen. 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 All right. So this is how we live. So today we're going to talk about, uh, as I said, focused Faith, all right? Everybody say focused. focused. Praise God. How I many of you got to stay focused, right? All right, so we're going to go to Hebrews 12 and uh, verses 1. Probably I read a few verses here anyway. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded, right? Everybody say surrounded. Yeah. Let me get to my Bible here. Now, of course, he just got done talking about all the patriarchs of faith. Well, I shouldn't say all of them, but he mentions quite a few of them uh, in Hebrews 11. Uh, men and women of God that did great things that, that by their faith, by their reliance on God, their dependence on God, uh, you know, they, they did something, uh, they, they stood for something, they uh, reacted in a way, praise God, that, 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 be, that the Word says they became what the Bible calls here witnesses, a witness. And the word witness just means one providing evidence. So if you're going to be a witness for Christ, Amen, then you've got to be one that provides evidence of that. Am I right? So he says, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, in other words, all these that we just talked about in the previous chapter, he says, how about this? Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, all right? And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. How many know you're in a race? How many know you're called to win, uh, run that race? Now, it's not a sprint. Obviously, it's an endurance race. Um, so, you know, like we always say, it's, it's not so much about how well you got started, although we're really grateful for all the great testimonies of what people, you know, came into the kingdom and how they came in. And, 
receiving Christ. And uh, that's all a wonderful thing. And it's fun to listen to all that God has done. But how many know it's not so much about how you started as much as it's about how you finish? Because the idea is to finish this thing. Amen. So we have a race to run. All right. Verse 2, uh, it says this. Here's how it's going to happen. Looking unto Jesus, right, who is the author or originator, it means, and finisher or perfecter, that word also means, amen? So he's an originator and perfecter, the author and finisher of our faith, right? But we got to be looking unto him. we got to stay focused, right? Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, amen? So in other words, he's our example too. It's not just that he's there to empower you to run your race, but also, you got a cross to bear. How many know that to be true? How many know that to be true? Yeah. Amen. So just like he endured, we're called to endure, right? Despising the shame, in other words, disregarding the shame. He wasn't moved by the shame, wasn't moved by all that came against him, uh, all the opposition that came against him, all the things that were said about him. He still did what he was called to do. He finished what he was called to do, praise God. And, and then, of course, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Everybody say sat down. Now, that's there for a reason. Come on. He sat down. Didn't say he's standing. He said he sat down, which imp implies something, okay? He did his part. All right? He did his part. Now, we have to do our part. Now, he's there to empower you. He's there to lead you. He's there. Uh, the grace of God's there. Uh, the wisdom of God's there. Amen. The word of God, the leadings of God, the biddings of God is all there to help. Praise God. Uh, but he sat down because he did his part. Amen. Now it's up to you and me to do our part. Let's look at verse 3, too. I think I might have gave you that verse, too. And it says, here's the deal. So it's the same kind of thing for consider him. In other words, stay focused on him. Amen. Consider him, all right, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. In other words, when you're ready, feeling like it's time to quit or to back up, all that kind of stuff, just remember what all Christ has done for you. Right? The price that he paid. Amen. And so uh, he's our example. That's part of what's being said here. Uh, you know, a piece of it anyway is dealing with the fact that he's your example. That's why you stay focused. You stay locked on him. You consider him. Amen. If you don't know what else to do, well, you know, it's like, uh, you know, what's uh, years, uh, for several years back, they had all them little wristbands that, you know, what would Jesus do, you know? And uh, was it WWJD? Is that right? W, right? You should, you know, anyway, the point is that uh, the idea was that, uh, you know, when you didn't know what else to do, you're supposed to remind you of the fact that, well, what, what did Jesus do in this situation, right? You know, so whether it worked or not, I don't know, but it might have worked for some folks, praise the Lord. Uh, but the idea is that, uh, you know, uh, he's telling you and me, okay, Christ was willing to go the distance. Christ was willing to lay down his life. Christ was willing to forgive. Christ was willing to be merciful, compassionate, amen. There's all kinds of things we can go through the word that, that uh, the Word shows what He was willing to do for you and me and for others. Amen. And so the idea is stay focused and locked on Him so that you also can finish your race and you also can bear your cross, amen, and do what you're called to do and fulfill it, praise God, and not quit, not give up, not get weary, not get discouraged, praise God, hallelujah, but to stay locked on, praise God, so you can get to where you got to get to. Amen? amen? Praise the Lord. So let's back up here a little bit and... Uh, Let's see here. Uh, verse, I tell you what, let's do verse 2 real quick. Well, let's see. Do I want to really go that far? Let's see if I don't want to do this. I don't know if I want to do this. Um, 
you know what, I think I'm going to, let's see. So, well, I was going to kind of spend a couple minutes maybe on the fact that not only you have a race to run, but a cross to bear. I, I mentioned that, but um, how many know there's a kind of a difference there? I mean, we all got a race to run, but we also have a cross to bear at times. Are you hearing me? Now, a lot of times, uh, you know, I've always kind of looked at the cross as being the, the calling. I mean, are you supposed to bear your cross, not his cross? He's already, he already bore his cross, so you've got to bear your cross and whatever you're called to do, right? Come on. All right. You know. um, and so I always kind of just looked at it more of a, uh, you know, a calling. You know, uh, everybody's got... You know, everybody's got our inner, inner race running because we're called to live this and walk this. And, and, you know, there's a way to do it, way to run it, way to live it, way to walk it, praise God. But, but everybody has, you know, specifics when it comes time to a cross. It comes time to what you're called to do. Rick's called to do some things a little different than I'm called to do and, and vice versa. And, and Juan does some things that, that maybe I'm not called to do, but yet he's called to do. Come on, right? Now, the reason I think that's necessary to bring out just, just briefly, I'm, I'm only spend a couple minutes on it. But the word cross, when you look it up, of course, it gives a description of a physical cross, you know, like Christ hung on. But when you, when you dive in, it means self-denial. Everybody say self-denial. Okay. It means exposure to death, and it referring to death of oneself. So, uh, you know, it's not saying that everybody has to go without breath. It just means that, you know, somewhere along the line, you've got to be willing to lay down your life. Amen. Regardless, right? Come on. Sometimes in certain situations, you don't count. That got awful quiet in this house. Maybe I should have skipped all this, huh? Come on now. Now, I think it's worthy of bringing out because of what we're talking about. Because we not only are called to run a race, but we're all called to bear a cross at times. Okay, now get this. So it speaks of self-denial. It speaks of uh, exposure to death of self, all right, but it refers to a sacrifice. Everybody say a sacrifice. It's not referring to an offering, but a sacrifice, because there is a difference. Are you with me? A sacrifice, okay. Uh, you know, years ago, I heard a story. I don't know why. It's just kind of silly, but, but uh, you know, there was a, a chicken and a pig that were, you know, heading down the street and, you know, walking side by side, talking, and next thing you know, they looked up, they see a sign at the church, and it just says, community breakfast, and uh, says donations welcome, and so, uh, you know, it said something down there, they're having ham and eggs and all kinds of stuff, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, so the chicken looked at the pig and said, you know what, pig, I think we should donate, I think we should, you know, help out this community-wide thing, let's, I think we need to donate and, uh, you know, help these people out and, you know, be a blessing to some people. Well, the pig said, that's easy for you to say. See, for you, it's an offering. <laughs> for me, it's a sacrifice. Are you hearing me today? Yeah. All right, so there is a difference. Amen. And uh, so, anyway, a sacrifice. So when we're talking about, you know, uh, whether we're talking about running the race, just every day living this thing, walking this thing, you know, walking, you know, by faith in, in, in those areas, and also when it comes time to an area of, of bearing your cross, carrying your cross, and he makes it real clear uh, that if you ain't willing to carry that cross, you're denying him. Okay, so, uh, you know, like I said, I want to get too deep into that or we'll uh, not get to what we got to get to today. But the bottom line is, it's talking about some, you know, seriously laying, being willing to lay down your life, amen, 
not only for, uh, for him, but even says for the gospel, it even says. Amen in, uh, in Mark's account. And um, the point being, the reason I thought it was worthy of bringing that much of it out is just because either way, you've got to walk by faith. Either way, you've got to have to do this relying on God. God ain't going to ask you to run this race or bear your cross in your own power or in your own strength. He's your source. Amen, right? Amen. So, you know, today we're dealing with the fact that you've got you to stay focused on it. You've got to look to Him. Amen, right? This is how it works. Otherwise, you start doing it in your strength, and pretty soon, uh, you know, the, the sacrifice part just goes out the window. There ain't no way I'm going to do that, right? And a lot of people, for a lot of people, they might be willing to run, you know, the race, so to speak, but they ain't willing to be, you know, sell, any kind of self-denial in the sense of uh, self-sacrificial thing, uh, you know, uh, where they're willing to say, you know what, doesn't matter what I think, doesn't matter how I feel right now. What matters is them do the right thing, do what's, you know, what God asks, amen, that kind of a thing. And uh, so uh, it takes faith, and the only way it's going to work, amen, is staying focused because he's the author and the finisher of your faith, right? He's the original, he's the perfecter. But the only way it's going to work, you have to stay locked on to him, amen. So let's look at that word, chapter, or verse 2 again. It says, looking. So I want just real quick, let's look at that. Looking uh, unto Jesus, okay? It's just the word looking is, it just means to consider attentively, uh, to focus upon, all right? Everybody say focus. Kind of where we got some of our uh, thing today, focused faith, amen. The word focus just means a, a point of concentration. Most of us kind of understand that. It means the center of interest or to direct attention upon. So no matter what's going on, you focus on something. It also uses this word uh, later on when it says that, you know, how he did it, okay, he also had to be focused in order to do what he had to do, right? He had to set something in front of him, right, for the joy that was what? set before him. He endured across. So even he had to be focused. So just like he had to be focused to run his race and endure his cross, amen, you too have to be focused to do the same. Right? Now, bear with me here a little bit. The Amplified Bible, I don't think I gave you that, Kathy. I apologize. But it, it just says, looking away from all that will distract unto Jesus, who is our leader and source of faith, I believe is kind of how, how it says there. But I, I liked how the Amplified brought it out because Focus is not just about what you set your attention on. It's also about what you don't set your attention on. Right? Because if you're going to be focused, you know, in what you're called to do, and you're going to be focused on, you know, fulfilling what you, you need to fulfill, then you're going to have to be focused on Him in order to do that. Now, you know as well as I do, there's all kinds of things that come around that try to distract you from what you're supposed to be focused on. Just, you know, I mean, you stop and think about it, that's just, you know, that's the way it is. You know, you think about anything, really. I mean, you think about business. I mean, all the gurus, even all those guys, whether they're saved or unsaved, they all say focus is key. Got to be focused, you know. You get into sports arena, and uh, most of the time that's going to be a key thing. If you don't stay focused... Pretty soon you'll get mowed over or the momentum shifts because you, you weren't focused, you know. And uh, so there's all kinds of things about it, but we're called to be focused. Now, again, a key thing that, that's going to mess that up is a thing called distraction. I'm just going to toss that out. Distraction, all right, which means divided attention. That's, that's how it's defined. Or crowded mind. That could, that could fit, right? <laughs> you ever been crowded in the mind? <laughs> 
Yeah, you're pretty distracted, right? And, and uh, so anyway, that's, uh, anyway, so uh, to be a divided attention or a crowded mind, praise God. And a lot of times when you get, talk about distraction, I always like to ask, you know, who's, who's winning in the fight for your attention, right? Because that's going to determine some things. And of course, that kind of fits even today. Now, Jesus, uh, you know, uh, you know, he says that you got to, you know, you got to stay focused if you're going to, if you're going to succeed. Kathy, I didn't, I, I put that Matthew 14, uh, put that up first, um, pull that one up. And um, we'll, we'll, I'm going to toss that one in here. It's, uh, then I give you Matthew. There it is. Remember, this is when Peter was walking on the water. I think it's just kind of a cool example of it. It just kind of explains it. Uh, you, know, you know, Jesus uh, uh, said, you know, told him to come, you know, when he, you know, kind of skipped part of the story here. But the bottom line, Jesus walking on the water. Peter's in the boat. They're all freaked out. And then they realized it was Jesus. Well, he said, if it's you, bid me to come. So Jesus, come. Peter steps out of the boat. What? He walked. He what? Walked on the water, right, to go to Jesus, all right? So he obviously walked on the water. I don't think he lied. I don't think he waded out to him. It says he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Verse 30, please. And it says, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out to the Lord, save me. So the point I'm trying to make is this. Now, of course, he gets, you know, he starts to sink. Uh, he cries out, and, of course, the Lord you know, grabs him, and, and like I always say, I really believe that he grabbed him, and I believe he walked back to the boat with him. I, I, like I said, I don't know. We might get to heaven. He might get a replay of that somehow, you know, and uh, maybe, he, maybe he was drugged through the water. I don't know, but I just can't have a hard time picturing that, you know, and it could have happened, but I doubt it. Okay, but anyway, so the point is, okay, the point is, verse 30, is he was distracted. And to me, it's a, a pretty good example of just some natural example of what happens to you and me when we get distracted, that we begin to sink. Here we are because of the greater one on the inside, who we are in Christ, uh, you know, the just, the righteous, the overcomer, the conqueror, praise God. But a lot of that goes out the window when you get distracted. Pretty soon, you know, you're doing no, nothing different than what Paul, or pardon me, what Peter did, and you begin to sink. Next thing you know, you're up to your eyeballs and, you know, yeah. So anyway, uh, it happens. And so a lot of it is by due to distractions, okay? And so you get crowded into mind. You get, uh, you get, you start, your attention gets diverted. And instead of staying focused on the Lord, uh, you know, you've got now everything else is taking your attention. You know, when you got, when you got saved, you know, you, if, if you remember a lot of folks, uh, yourself included probably, um, and I, I know maybe, maybe you stayed fervent for God and never did have a moment of, that you waned in any way. I, that, I praise the Lord. But, um, but I, I remember most people, that, you know, it's, it's great to watch them when they get born again and get saved and they come into the things of God. And there's usually this excitement, this fresh fire in them, you know. And, uh, and then, you know, after a little while, you know, a lot of other stuff goes on. And next thing you know, they're like the rest of the group. Well, you know, that's old hat. A lot of folks like that. Oh, I know it's none of you. It's, it's all them other people. But, but anyway, the point is that what happens in those situations is focus. They were locked on. Man, they were trying to consume everything they could, trying to hear everything they could, trying to breathe in all of God they could breathe in. And they just had a fervent fire going in. They were just on fire, grabbing hold of it, and then pretty soon everything else starts happening. And there's all different kinds of ways, all different kinds of things that happen. Next thing you know, 
uh, you're not as fervent. You're not as on your fire. You're uh, now pretty soon everything else has got your attention. Anybody else with me here today? It happens, right? We all know people that's, been ha that's happened to them, and maybe we've been there uh, ourselves, okay, a, a time or two. So anyway, so let's go to, uh, if we'll do this, let's uh, back up to Hebrews 12 and verse 1. And what I want to do today, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get through everything today, but what I'm going to do is at least uh, do part of this um, uh, today. And verse 1 of Hebrews 12 again so therefore, uh, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So here he's bringing out a couple distractions here. Okay, one being, he says, every weight, and one being the sin which so easily ensnares us. Okay, we'll probably be honest that probably both the weight and the sin easily ensnares us. It's probably, probably the way it's being worded here in a sense, but, uh, but we're going to look at them in, in two different things here. Uh, one being, uh, it says, every weight, okay? And let's, what, so what does that, how can that become a distraction in running our race or bearing our cross? Uh, the word here, uh, praise God, the word is, uh, let's see, I'll jump ahead here. There it is, okay. Uh, means a mass or heavy load, okay? It means to be weighed down, uh, burdened is one of the words used in uh, concordance. Uh, which refers to, in the sense of being overloaded or overwhelmed or stressed, okay? And we've talked about stress multiple times through the course of this series, um, but here being overloaded, overwhelmed, okay? Now, what it's talking about here is uh, dealing with personal obligation. Now, listen, this, because this becomes sometimes a distraction, okay? So just the weight of... Personal obligations, the being overwhelmed. A lot of stuff goes on in our lives. Uh, you know, uh, you know. They said once, uh, you know, uh, you know, we're coming to a paperless society, and it's going to be easier, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't found it yet. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, you got stuff to try to make life easier, and you got. You got, you know, information at the touch of your finger anywhere, you know, any time. And you think all that would just make life so much simpler, but it, it seemed to kind of, in a lot of ways, complicate life. In a lot of ways. Okay, and I, I'm not going to get on no soapbox here. I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, but, uh, you know, we got all kinds of things going on. We've got, we got marriages and, and, and we got families to raise and, and you're, you're trying to keep food on the table and clothes on the kids' back and, and uh, you got jobs going on, and then there's, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to, you know, uh, you know, position yourself in a way where things can get a little easier for you or better for you or whatever, looking for all kinds of things that are going on. There's health things that might be happening. There might be a family situation, like extended family things going on. There uh, could be housing situations. It could be, we can go on and on and on about all the things that go on, uh, just, just everyday things that you have to deal with. Are you hearing me? And there's a lot of things. And, and, and it's not even really saying that any of those things are bad. He's dealing with the weight of it. The weight. It's the weight that's the problem. Okay, I'm not talking about... <laughs> Sometimes that's a problem too. But, but that's, not, that's not what we're talking about here today, all right? We're talking about the weight, the, the overwhelmed 
being overwhelmed, being over, uh, you know, overloaded in the sense. And it's not about that there's too many tasks. Now, now there could be, it could be that God's talking about, you know, adjusting this, changing this, add this, take away that. It could be all that. But, but the overwhelmed part. And when we lose focus, when we get our attention off of him, it's easy to get overwhelmed. It's easy to feel weighed down. We lose sight uh, of, of who our source is. We lose sight of where the answers are. We lose sight. See, it's, it's so easy. It's so easy. Just, you're just doing what you do. You just get up and you go and you do it again the next day. And, and you got this and you got that. And, and, you know, it's just, you know, here it is. Next thing you know, we're all talking it. And come on. And next thing you know, you haven't looked up once. Right? And so what happens? We get overwhelmed. And uh, so we're dealing here with the weight, okay, the being overwhelmed with things, all right? And, uh, you know, we, a lot of times you read through that, we instantly think that all he's talking about is negative bad things. He's not. Now, when you get to sin, we, yeah, we're doing stuff we, we know better and we're doing across the line. That's absolutely what that's dealing with. But we're talking about every weight, and the sin, which so easily ensnares us. Every weight, all right? So there are things that are just, that'll weigh you down. Now, I, I ran track uh, a lot of years, um, little, little tyke. I used to do Junior Olympics, did that for years, and then got old enough to actually be on a meet, uh, a squad, I mean, and run and do all that, and did it up in through college, and, and uh, so did a lot of running over the years. And, um, you know, the... Um, you know, you don't want to be weighed down. You know, nobody goes out there to run the race with a backpack on. Even a fanny pack, for that matter. <laughs> no, you get all the weight off, right? Half those outfits, man, lay weigh about an ounce, and you put it on, you think, this is weird, but anyway, you got it on. You got these shoes, you know, that, you know, that literally you can bend them every direction and they're light as they can be, but they're, you know, the, they hardly weigh anything. And the whole purpose of that is lose the weight because that all could be, a, uh, could be a, a difference maker. Amen. One-tenth of a second could be the difference between a win and a loss. Are you hearing me? First or second place. Come on now. And uh, so, uh, you know, they're talking about, you know, you, you get rid of the weight, okay? Sometimes that's what happens in, 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 in your, you get so bogged down with just duty and obligation. Come on. And pretty soon you get overwhelmed by it. Well, I, I still got to do that. I still got to be that. I still, absolutely. Then look up. Right? You know, I don't, uh, you know, we're not necessarily preaching about grace today, but that's what grace is. It's an empowerment. Right? A divine influence upon the heart and then reflected in one's life. So it divinely empowers its influences. So it's God. Every time you look up, begin to let God breathe in you. That's part of what happens. That grace, see, now is imparted into your core, your center. Then it's reflected out your life because your heart, your core has been influenced by it. Okay? So that's part of it. Uh, you know, a big part of it. 
So when we're talking about, you know, all of a sudden it got this to do today and that to do and this to do and that to do and this to do, and you might even stop and think, okay, if I was to give up any of it, what could, you know, is there any of this? And you might think, I got to do all these things. Well, you might be 100% accurate. You might have to do all these things. So what do you do? Well, you, you complain about it. You whine about it. That makes it better, right? Come on, right? Huh? You, you get mad about it, right? You, you, you start pointing fingers and say it, it's, it must be everybody else's fault. That's, that's how we make it better. No, that ain't how you make it better. That's how you get overwhelmed. Scriptures are real clear about that. You whine, you moan, and groan. Psalm says you get overwhelmed. You overwhelm your own soul when you do that. So you just made it worse by moaning, groaning, and complaining. Now, that's Sunday's message, so I won't get too deep into that one. But the bottom line is, right, uh, it isn't about that. So what do you do? Well, I have to do these things. I have a job to do. I have a family to raise. I got situations going on here and going on there. I got church. I got family, family of believers I connect with and all the stuff we do there because we got to go to church. I mean, you got to go to the house of God. That's part of your focus right there. Amen. Get your attention on the right thing. Amen. But uh, the bottom line is you got all these things that are a part of your life that make up your life. Well, how does it work? Well, it works just fine when you stay focused on what you got to stay focused on and not let yourself get so distracted. When you start getting overwhelmed with just duty and obligation, with uh, just personal, uh, you know, just personal things that go on, uh, you get so caught up in it, and pretty soon that's what you're locked on to. Pretty soon that's what your attention's on. And you're trying to figure out how am I going to, you know, squeeze in another minute here, or how am I going to get that done in time, or how, uh, how can I uh, get that and then get home in time for this in order to do this, and then get, and then pretty soon, you know, you're, you're so focused on that instead of just saying, wait a minute, whoa, timeout breaks. He's the redeemer of my time even. I mean, if I start looking to him, leaning on him, he can even shift things, praise God, make things just work lip, lickety split, right? Am I right? I mean, I've had that things. Ha- I've had things like that happen. I know many of you have too. You know, you just pray, and it's amazing how what what normally was an eight-hour job you got done in six, and somehow you think, how did that happen? Well, I wonder why. Amen. Got it done so you could get out. Of, whatever. I'm just saying. There's all kinds of things. There's things that, that maybe uh, would normally uh, take this much of time or, or would take this much energy to do. And for some odd reason, because you're leaning on God, trusting God, you got it done and feel great, ready to go, just go do her again, whatever. I mean, I'm just amazing what God can do when you're looking to Him. Amen. When you're focused on Him. Remember, focus faith. So you're relying on Him. Trusting in Him, right? Dependent on Him. And so you stay, you know, focused on Him. He's my source. Amen. Amen? So anyway, just, uh, you know, kind of some of these natural things. Let's look at what else the Word has to say about some of this. 2 Timothy 2, let's do that real quick. 2 Timothy 2 just says this in verse 4. It says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Uh, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Okay, that's a lot being said in this whole text, but, uh, but he's talking about here, uh, you got a job to do, all right? And uh, you're like an enlisted soldier. You, you've been, you know, you got something to do, amen. You're, you got, you, got uh, you know, a fight to get involved in. This is all part of your, this is all part of that, that race you're running, praise God, right? Come on, come on. 
Come on. Okay, we all are called to get, be a part of that warfare. And you say, well, I don't want to fight. Tough. If you're going to win, you're going to have to be willing to fight because you've got an enemy that's trying to take from you all the time. So you've got to be able to resist. So you better, you better get engaged and better do this. But it says if you get yourself entangled, okay, or distracted, is another word for that, amen, with the affairs of this life. Well, what's it mean by the affairs of this life? Well, you know, we look that up, and it refers to just practical matters, practical matters. So it isn't necessarily all bad stuff, is it? It doesn't have to always be bad stuff. See, a lot of times we think, oh, well, I don't do none of that. No, we're not necessarily talking about that. We're talking about just practical matters. You can get so caught up with things that really, quite frankly, if you just lean on God, those things will flow better, they'll work better. Amen. But once you, if your attention is always on the practical matters, the affairs of this life, pretty soon you get entangled, you get distracted. Next thing you know, you're doing all of it in your own power, all of it in your own strength. Come on. Leaning on everything else for help. Amen. Pretty soon it goes a little bit further, you know, and now we're moaning and groaning like, like Martha did. In fact, let's go there. Let's go to Luke 10. Let's do that. Luke 10. I skipped something there, I know, but let's go to Luke 10. Hallelujah. So Luke 10 and verse 40, kind of coming down toward the end of the story a little bit. Of course, Martha and Mary, they're sisters, and they had Jesus and the gang over. The whole posse's there, and they're having lunch and dinner or whatever, and uh, a lot going on. You know, just everyday stuff happening here, but Jesus came over, and so Jesus is in the other room, and he's sharing and talking and ministering and and, uh, you know, Mary's in there listening, and uh, the Word says that she's sitting at His feet there. Just She's all wrapped up in what He's having to say, and she's listening to what He's saying and caught up in it. And uh, it says, but Martha was, uh-oh, 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 distracted with much serving. Now, is it, I mean, no, serving's a good thing, right? And there's not even really anything wrong with much serving. It's the distraction part. That's the problem. Anybody hearing me? Because it's good to serve. In fact, we can go, we can pull up a half a dozen verses that just talk about the importance of serving and staying with it. Come on, somebody. And if you stay with that, you're going to think of, that's that's got to be much serving. Because <laughs> he's all about much serving. Because there's nothing wrong with serving. <laughs> Hello. But people can get distracted because she's out there doing trying to take care of. Of dinner by herself, and she's all mad because she's out there all alone. Come on, somebody. And somebody might say, Well, I agree with Martha. Bless God. Well, she approached Jesus. Now, that's what happens. So you get a little bit too distracted. Pretty soon you're going to handle this on your own. <laughs> oh, Martha, Martha. She approached him. Now, he's, remember, he, where, where's he at? I don't know what kind of house they got. Okay, it might just be all open. It could be. You know, I don't know. It's probably not known, you know, 3,000 square foot home or anything like that. It's probably just some, you know, smaller place or whatever. Who knows? But the bottom line is, you know, he's in the next room or whatever, and he's over there sharing. And chances are he could be, my guess is, that she's in here serving. and probably can even hear what's going on in the other room, but she's distracted. 
Come on. So she approaches him. So in other words, she interrupted him. Lord, now you get kind of silly. You know, it's, it's amazing when you get so distracted and, you, and pretty soon, uh, you know, uh, we're not thinking straight. You know what I'm talking about? It happens, don't it? Get caught up in it. Next thing you know, you're down with everybody because I'm the only one doing anything. Now, that's goofy because you ain't the only one doing anything. Come on, somebody. There's a lot of things getting done. Guess what? Life is moving on for most people. People are doing things. Come on, somebody. Now, you might feel at times, though, listen, I'm the only one in the house doing anything. Maybe, maybe at the moment, could be. At the moment, she was, obviously, right? I'll give her that. But, you know, she gets rebuked and basically says, your sister's doing the right thing. So, in other words, Martha, you should have been in here. Don't worry about the turkey. It's going to be fine. Taters will be good. Think about this for a minute, okay? The one that blessed a few loaves and fishes that fed thousands is in the room. Do you really think you're going to go hungry? <laughs> in fact, I bet you somehow, even if something got burnt, I, somehow I just have this hunch that he could take care of that too. Just saying. Just saying. And you know, when it's time to set the table, I mean, I'm sure, you know, we got to have the table just right. It's got, it needs to be, right? I mean, we're talking about excellence, and it needs to be, right? But, I, you know, but when it comes time to setting the table, I'm sure there's somebody else in the room when it's time, when he's done talking, they'll come in and help yeah. you. If anything, I, because Jesus is all about much serving, Jesus probably come in there and help yourself. He'd put the silverware where it needed to be. I'm just saying. We kind of all get kind of different thinking. And pretty soon that she's approaching him, interrupts him, and says, I'm out here all by myself. Why don't you get my sister in here? Tell her to help me. Right? So, verse 41, Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried, hello, and troubled about many things. You're stressed out, girl. So, worried and troubled about, it says many things. Well, she thinks it's just one thing. No, I just need somebody to come in here and help me set the table. No, no, it's moved into many things. Because you are now, you're all worked up. See, you're probably a little bit upset about, you know, you know, earlier this morning, you know, Mary should have folded them clothes. And I had to get in the dryer myself and do that. She didn't do a part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Not Mary. Mm -hmm. That girl. Forgets to do a job. Come on, she's all she's in there, been thinking. Her mind's running down that road, thinking about them kids. I tell you, them kids. Jeez, I, I, I wanted to go. I wanted to go to Hawaii this weekend. Can't even go there. Got so much stinking work to do around this house. I tell you. I started thinking. I, I don't even know if I should have had kids. I, what, what am I thinking? Somebody says, "Wait, I don't see any of that in the book." Many things. It's there. Many things, many things, because that's what it turns into. When you're doing it now in your own strength and you're not focused where you should be focused and you get distracted, pretty soon you start thinking squirrely. We all have done it. I said we've all done it. Every one of us have done it. I don't even care if you're in ministry. Do the same dumb stuff. You hearing me? 
get caught up in it. Come on, get whining and boo-hooing like an idiot. Anybody hear me? We've all been there. And so the idea is don't get distracted. And, of course, he goes on to say Martha did the right thing. She chose the right thing. She chose the right thing, staying in, the, staying in here and hearing what she needed to hear. And if Martha would have been in there doing the same thing, see, she would have got empowered, right, because that's where it comes. You would have been empowered. You would have been all worked up about all this stuff. And if little Miss Mary is not doing her job, what you do is want her in there with Jesus because conviction. <laughs> right? Because then you won't have to be the one to write her. I'm just saying. It's just another thing. We can, we'll leave that one go, but I'm just, right? This won't cost you anything. It's just, you know, but that's the truth. Sometimes we think we've got to be the one to correct everybody all the time. And I get you, I guarantee if Mary would have went in there and Jesus would have said, Mary, get your fanny in there. She would have got an earful by Martha. I tell you, girl, every time we have company, you disappear. Time to do dishes. Where are you at? Oh, you went to the bathroom. Yeah, sure. You do this to me every time. We had a whole conversation in there because troubled about many Things. Is anybody hearing me today? Yeah. Now I know we're taking a little liberty with some of this, but the bottom line is this. We've all been there. We've all been. So there have probably been times where we've been Martha, Martha. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But is there anything wrong with serving? Nothing wrong with serving. But when you get distracted, serving can be a problem. Right? Not that serving itself is a problem, but you're distracted in the midst of it. Now it turns into many things. Stay with me. Uh, let's look at, uh, I put Mark 4, the whole thing about the parable with the sower, uh, sowing uh, the word, and, you know, the enemies come and try to take the word, and it gets down there a little bit further down, and it talks about the cares of this world, you know. Uh, so I'm going to go Mark 4, 19. This is the amplified. I thought kind of like how it words it. It says, in the cares and the anxieties of the world and distractions of the age. Okay, and, of course, it goes on the pleasure and delight and false glamour, deceitfulness of riches, craving, passion. All it's saying is there's all kinds of stuff that comes along that tries to creep in, right, and choke. And it says here even suffocate the word, and it becomes fruitless. But the bottom line is he calls them a distraction. Cares of this world, I think is how it words it in like the New King James or Old King James, I think even. Uh, but the Amplified calls it the distractions of the age. Okay, all kinds of things out there. And, you know, and even to be honest, okay, this, of course, takes it to the nth degree. It talks about the deceitfulness of riches. But how many know it's not, nothing wrong with being rich? But the deceitfulness of riches is it becomes sometimes a distraction. So pretty soon it's like, well, you know, you got to have this, you got to have that, you got to have this, you got to have that. No, I think everybody should have everything they ever want in their garage. I believe it. I'm a firm believer of it. Get a big garage and fill it. I might get in trouble for that one. But anyway, I don't think there's anything wrong with having things that you enjoy, pleasures that to enjoy. I think there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's great. But if you don't watch it, 
all of a sudden now it's a distraction. And then we have trouble, Bubba. That's the problem with it. So the idea is always stay locked on, focused, looking unto Jesus, right? Come on. Amen. And just, you know, keep your mind set where it needs to, just like he did. Amen. Still with me? All right. So how about, uh, let's see here. Let's see. What do I want to say more about that one? Anything? Well, tell you what. Let's now go back to Hebrews 12, verse 1. All right, doing good? All right, maybe we can at least finish up this verse for us today. Let's do that. All right, so it said, lay aside every weight, and we talked about that. And then, of course, now it says the sin, which so easily ensnares us. Now, of course, the Scriptures define what sin is. Sin is to know to do good, not to do it. Um, uh, that's what it says in James 4, verse 17. Uh, 1 John 3, verse I believe verse 4, says that, Sin is lawlessness. Lawlessness is sin. So all that means is you just clarify what sin is. Sin is not just making a mistake. Are you still with me? Now, sin is always a mistake, but not every mistake is a sin. Some things are just mistakes because you didn't know. Sin is knowing. Okay, you know. Okay, so I just thought I'd clarify that. But how many know that sin stuff, man, that can mess you up. And it says you can get ensnared, uh, you know, get tripped up uh, by it, and uh, it trips you up. And it's hard to run your race when you're not only weighed down, but you're tripping all the time. Anybody hear me? Now, you say, well, what's this have to do? It's all about focus. All about focus, all right? Um, Word says this um, in, let's go James 1, verse 14 and 15. <clears throat> of course, there's more being said in this. And it says prior to this, verse 13, about, you know, no, let no one say when they're tempted, they're tempted of God. Because God is neither tempted with evil, neither does he tempt any man. God is never the one ever tempting you to do wrong or trip you up. The people that say that need to read James. Because it says never say that. Because it ain't true. So, but how does it happen? Well, each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Everybody say, distracted. distracted. Somebody says, I don't know why I gave in to that alcohol again. Well, you know, bud, if you stay out of the bar, it might not happen. <laughs> just a thought. I'm just saying. You know, you know, it could just be that, you know, you got around it again, you got drawn in, you got enticed, and then, you know, you, you have that argument with yourself for a while, you know. You know, you know I, no, I shouldn't do that. No. Well, you know, no, it's not that, no, that bad. I, you know, well, one, 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 right? And we can go on and on and all this kind of thing. And it isn't just, you know, that. It could be anything. Say, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie no more. I, I, God's dealing with me about lying. So, you know, that's a good thing. Don't lie. But, you know, the temptation. Because, you know, pretty soon you're thinking, and pretty soon this, the thought, and then you have that little argument with yourself, and then it's okay. So, 
drawn away by his own desires and enticed, verse 15. Then when desire is conceived, then it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Now, the reason that's so necessary, because just because you had a thought don't mean you crossed the line. But if you don't watch it, you keep stay there, you stay focused on the wrong thing, it's only a matter of time. And it conceives. And it gives birth to something. Are you still with me? Well, it's okay to look as long as I don't touch. Just saying. You look long enough, you focus. And guess what? Attention determines direction. Guess what? Distraction determines direction. Because all distraction is, is a wrong focus. So you get focused on something else, next thing you know, you're pulled into that, and here you go again. Anybody with me? Somebody says, well, you know, it's, it's, that's hard for me. Well, it's because of what you sit and think about. When it comes right down to it, that's what it is. I'm trying to look at all of you. Some of you are like, <laughs> listen, I, I'm not talking, we've all, we all been this mess. It doesn't, you know, we a lot of times you know, think, well, that's them people have all them issues. No, no, you, you might be just as guilty because you're crossing lines what you know you shouldn't do or should do. Come on. And when you cross over because you somehow you have that little conversation with yourself and think it's okay today, and later on you're convicted about it because that's how the enemy does it. Come on, somebody. The enemy is so quick about getting you to cross a line that once you do, he can, you know, he, all of a sudden here comes the condemnation and the guilt. You know, you might have the Spirit of God bringing conviction, but the enemy's trying to, you know, bring condemnation on you. And that's how he does it. He gets you enticed. Pretty soon your attention is over here instead of where it needs to be. You know, um... Uh, crossing that line isn't such a hard thing. I mean, I mean, let's put it this way. It's, uh, crossing that line isn't really a temptation when you're focused on the right thing. It's the truth. When you're locked on to him, you're not as, you're not as enticed to cross those lines. Right? So, that's what he's talking about. It's what trips you up. So, distraction. Focus on him. Temptation, all of a sudden, is no longer a problem. Um, let's see here. I, I, I don't know if I gave you this verse, but I was just thinking about this. Um, Romans 13 and 14. I don't know if I gave that to you, Callie. Um, but it, it kind of the word says, put on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. And... Um, the reason that kind of jumps at me is because it says, make no provision, and actually it means forethought. But you put on Christ, in other words, in other words, so it's, it's about attention again. Give your attention to Him and don't, don't have this forethought making a place now for your flesh to cross some line. Come on. And so it's, it's you know, you've made now provision for your flesh. Aren't you glad we're getting this one out of the way today? <laughs> Somebody think, oh, man, couldn't you have done a different one? Well, I just think it's, you got to remember we're talking about distractions, and you have to understand that, you know, you know temptation, sin, that, that can be, that's a major distraction sometimes. 
And the reason I think it, it's necessary to bring out, and the reason he's talking about, you know, because he brings it in the same context about running your race, because a lot of people get stumbled up in their race for God, doing what they're called to do, because of some stupid thing they got tripped up with. Come on, somebody. And I'm not condemning anybody. I'm just telling you. They got tripped up. Now they won't run their race because they're too busy beating themselves up because they tripped again. But it's because you got distracted. You got your attention off where it should have been. Now you're over here doing the stuff. You said, I never, I'll never do that again. Bang. But you made provision for it. All of a sudden it happens again. Now you're beating yourself up because it happened. Ask me how I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's how it works. That's how it works. You know? You know, years ago, I talked about that, you know, getting upset and angry about something, you know, on the job site and got so upset because, you know, you're sitting there thinking on the wrong thing. You made provision now for your flesh. And, of course, I have a temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. and did something that embarrassed myself. Hello, somebody. Now I got to go make it right. Got to go fix this, fix that. Apologize for this, apologize for that. All because I made provision for my flesh because of what I chose to focus on. I had a forethought. I've been duped. I get taken advantage of. Nobody takes care of. I always... I know none of you have ever done that. I'm just ratting on myself. This is where I was. But, man, on the days I was focused on what I should have been focused on, boy, nothing could get me down. You whistle while you work. I mean, I was happy. I love my job. I love you all. Pay me minimum. I don't care. I'm happy. Right? As soon as I changed my attention and my focus, my God, who the heck would ever do? Nobody should have to do this job. It's amazing what attention and focus will do. Anybody hear me today? Right? All right. So what happens? I cross those lines. I just make a stumble. Now my race gets, you know, interrupted. And I always tell my story about, you know, doing, you know, Running hurdles in, in track. I've got a lot of hurdle stories. I was not a hurdler by any means, but I ran a lot of hurdle races. I was just fast. So get over the hurdle, get to the next one. And if I got my step off, which is very critical in hurdle races, you're going to get stumbled or you're going to hit something. And usually I just knocked every hurdle down. Pop, 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 pop. I usually come back with a bruised up knee, but I've had one or two stories where the hurdle got the best of me, and I go face, do a face plant in the track, and it's embarrassing, and it hurts, <laughs> so it's not fun to stumble in a race, is it? No, not fun. And uh, so I think sometimes even in our walk in God in the race that we're called to run, it ain't fun when you stumble. 
You know, you feel like you're, you're no longer the witness you could be. And depending on what you stumbled, it could very well be that you, that happens. But if you stay focused, it won't happen. It won't happen. Stay focused, all right, on what you should be focused on. A lot of the problems uh, through the scriptures talk about people who got distracted. Eve, the word was very clear. She got distracted with the tree because it was pleasant to the eyes. We all know what happened with Eve. Samson, Samson uh, was distracted, said, with the beauty of women. We all know what happened with him. David was distracted with the beauty of Bathsheba, all because he was looking where he shouldn't have been looking. Anybody hear me? And that created one problem after another. Are you still with me? All right. Aren't you glad that our names, you know, in a sense, <laughs> all of ours, <laughs> the book of Acts didn't, isn't still being printed out? <laughs> and it's, uh, okay, Rick, tell me your story. <laughs> okay, what would you do yesterday? What, uh, you know what I mean? Look up. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I'm just saying, you know, I mean, we because everything in the book, we see the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's the cool thing about the Bible. It gives you even all the stuff that, all the mistakes that were made. And I appreciate that, you know, that we learn from that, right? Uh, Solomon, who's supposed to be the smartest guy on the planet? That was real stupid. All because of focus. It said he became distracted with the allure of his wives. Isn't that wild? Well, I guess when you have 700 of them, that could, it could be a distraction. I'm just saying. Right? 700 wives. Dude, that gives them, it's like a half a day each a year. Okay, I'll leave that alone. But anyway, the point is, it ain't good. That's a distraction. In fact, 1 Kings 11, why don't you go ahead and put that? I might have gave you that one. Oh, I did. Praise the Lord. For it was so, when Solomon was old, that his wives turned his heart, right? Turned his heart after other gods. That wasn't good, right? If you look at it, it literally means he got off course. His heart got off course, okay? And his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. And even though David had mistakes, but David somehow or another came back around, got things right, Amen. Repented for what he had to repent for and got moving forward. But Solomon got distracted. And in the end, Solomon didn't have a good, you know, he did some great things, had some great moments. But in the end, he was distracted. Are you still hearing me? You know, the word loyal here means complete or uh, single hearted, but it means fixed in view. <laughs> so uh, when you talk about being loyal unto God, and the word says you're supposed to be loyal to the Lord. The eyes of the Lord go to and forth upon the whole earth, seeking to show himself strong on behalf of those who have a heart that is loyal or perfect, depending on what your translation, but it means fixed in view or single-hearted. Amen. So you, what's that mean? Focused. Stay focused, right? And he got his focus off, all right? And like I said, 700 wives, 300 concubines. Whew, that's distractions, boy. Come on now. Come on now. now. I'm not saying bad nothing about the female gender, 
a female gender by any means. I'm just saying any man that thinks he's got to have that many wives has got trouble, Bubba. Right? He's got issues. Just saying. Just saying. Okay. But the reason that the wives turned his heart was it goes, it's in the whole story. It brings out that they were all, uh, he found them, you know, foreign wives. And Jesus, uh, pardon me, the Lord, God, warned him about foreign wives because they've got all these other gods. They, and he said, that's what's going to happen to you. And what happened? That's exactly what happened to him. Isn't that amazing? God don't lie. Just thought. But anyway, so he got distracted. All right. Now he's bowing down to other gods, doing other things. And next thing you know, you know, he, does, he goes down in history as a man that really didn't finish right. And, uh, and even though he was considered the wisest because of all the great things, and we have great uh, record of all of his wisdom and what great things he did during the, those great days, but in the end, he got distracted. Look at your neighbor and say, don't get distracted. Amen. Now, I want to just one more reference, all right, and then I'm going to let you go, okay? But uh, let's go ahead and do this just because I think it fits. Uh, Philippians 3, put that up. In fact, if you got your Bible, turn to Philippians 3, a common text, okay? And I think it's worthy of bringing it out now because, of course, when you start talking about sin or mistakes and temptation, you know, some people can get all beat up by that. And we're not here to beat nobody up by any means, but you just have to understand how it works. If you're going to let everything distract you all the time, you've got to understand you're probably going to yield to it. Come on. You don't play patty cake with the devil, all right? You play patty cake with him, it ain't long, all right? He's got you, all right? That's how it works, all right? And it's all based on distraction. Now, uh, Philippians 3 and verse 12, let's read through it quick. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. He's talking about somebody being focused here. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, right? Reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's talking about somebody that stays focused. Now, the reason I thought this is worthy of bringing this out is because we, might, we all have a past. We all have something back there. Come on, somebody. Now, maybe not everybody had, you know, was as bad as Juan, but, but you know, but some of you might have been. Was you pretty bad, Juan? You had a moment or two, didn't you? Could have been. Why don't you come tell everybody your story? No. <laughs> no, we, we have all kinds of things that happen back there, all right? And uh, the other, now just listen, because when you start thinking about uh, sin ensnaring you, sometimes it's not just the fact that you yielded to sin again. Sometimes it's your past because of the mistake you made 20 years ago is still hanging you up. And that ought not be. Are you still hearing me? So I'm taking it from this other angle now, but I'm letting it be known. You ought not be letting some mistake you made yesteryear be a thing that hangs you up today. You're focused on the wrong thing. You need to be focused on Him. Amen. He's the forgiver. He's the redeemer. Come on, somebody. He paid a price. Amen. Receive it and move on. Stop being focused on yesteryear. Amen. You're not your history. Come on. You're not your mistake. You're not your addiction. Come on. You're not your past. You are who He says you are. So you've got to stay focused, amen, on Him. And if you do that, He helps you stay focused on your future and what's ahead. Amen. Your destiny.
Can I hear a big amen? So I thought it's worthy of bringing it out because sometimes when we're talking about, you know, sin and snaring, it may not be that you're yielding to something right now, but because of what you did yesteryear might be hanging you up today. Still with me? Listen, that's sad when you got people that want prayer for something because of something they did, you know, 10, 20 years ago and still can't get past it. That's horrible. Is anybody hearing me? And so they're constantly tripping. They can't even run that race because they're constantly beating themselves up for something Jesus already forgave them for. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. So uh, look at your neighbor and say, get past your past, will you? Amen. Did you get something today? Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a praise. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't you all stand up? Appreciate you kind of letting me get to that point anyway. Got some good things for even next week here. Uh, but we got through that one. That's wonderful, right? Look at your neighbor and say, Woo! Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Father, we give praise and glory once again. We're thankful for your word, for these principles today. Thank you for a people that are focused on you. Hallelujah. Refuse to be distracted by all the other things. And Lord God, I give thanks. Father, uh, forgive us for the times that we got distracted. Yeah, and we know that you're faithful and just to forgive. And so we receive that. We thank you for it. Praise God. Uh, but we choose to stay focused on you, to stay locked on to you, have a mindset on things above, praise God. And Father, for that, we give you the honor and the glory in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Look at your neighbor, praise God, say, stay focused, praise God, and you are dismissed. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.